Hello there and welcome to the WP Builds newsletter. This is newsletter number 25. It was released on Monday the 13th of August 2018 and covers the week beginning the 6th of August 2018. A couple of things before we begin. First one is to say if you go to wpbuilds.com forward slash deals, you can avail yourself of some coupon codes for various WordPress plugins. And also if you go to wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe, you can subscribe to us on Slack and email and Facebook Messenger and all sorts of things. Right, so there we go. Let's get started on the actual news. The first one today comes from WordPress.org, actually make.wordpress.org, and it's all about the fact that uh, the new version of Gutenberg has been released. It's Gutenberg 3.5.0, and there's a few notable things. The first one is that they've, they've added some sort of contrast and polish to the existing buttons and embed blocks, so that when you sort of interact with them, it's much more obvious what's going on. So if you click into an area, um, there's sort of like a shading that goes on around the edges, which is, which is quite nice. And also, I'm going to quote, one notable change is the addition of a warning that displays if Cloudflare blocks REST API requests. This issue was reported last September, and it turns out that the put request is sometimes blocked by Cloudflare. I'm actually reading that from the um, WP Tavern website, um, which is also useful for this particular news item. So yeah, make.wordpress.org or the WP Tavern. Um, there's a blog post on there called Gutenberg 3.5.0 released. Okay, the next one is again on the WP Tavern. This article is entitled Gutenberg Plugin Garners Mixed Reactions from the New Wave of Testers. So when 4.9.8, WordPress 4.9.8 was released last week, there was a very big flurry because the new um, pop-up, if you like, I'm going to call it, the, the new indication saying, look, Gutenberg is on the way, why don't you install it now? That increased the amount of people that had got Gutenberg installed, um, and it went up dramatically, three, four hundred percent of the kind of figures that are being mooted. And yeah, it seems regrettably that there's a very large proportion of people who have found that it's not what they want. Um, if you go over to uh, wordpress.org, you'll be able to discover that the yeah the amount of uh, negative reviews, or should I say one-star reviews, is on the increase. Now, this could be for a number of reasons. Perhaps this is people who, um, you know, really have an axe to grind. Perhaps it's people who've never experienced it before and are just feeling a little bit disinclined to like it just yet because it's so, so different from what we're used to. The fact is we don't really know. But what is quite nice, and the WP Tavern article does mention this, is the fact that it is eliciting an awful lot of response from the developers, the people behind the Gutenberg plugin. So that's good. You know, if there's if there's a negative reaction, obviously it's great to see that they're jumping in there and giving their feedback. And hopefully that feedback at some point will allay some of the fears. Now I'm going to keep talking about Gutenberg probably for quite some time. This is the Specky Boy website. And this article is called, Are Gutenberg's Bad Reviews a Sign of Failure? And he draws attention to the to the exact point that I was mentioning. No, perhaps it's not. Um, maybe it's just a call to action for the developers to get stuck in and see what needs to be done um, so that the right thing can be shipped later on. Obviously, we're, we're not quite at the panic stage yet, but if lots and lots of people are 
you know, exclaiming their their worry about it, then it would be incumbent upon the developers to to take a look at this fairly seriously. One would have thought. Um, so yeah, go to the Specky Boy website and have a little look and see if you agree with his opinions on that matter. Okay, the next one again. I think this is going to be the last one. All about Gutenberg is called the pros and cons of the Gutenberg WordPress editor, and this is on the Delicious Themes website. And they go on to well talk about what Gutenberg is, but I think probably if you're listening to this, you know it what it is by now. It talks about how to install it and so on, um, and then it goes on to sort of say what the main advantages are. And I quite like this. And then it goes on to say what the criticisms are. Uh, the main advantage is it mimics modern platforms like Medium in the editing style experience. The new concept of blocks is fairly cool. Um, you're going to have to play with it to fully understand why they're cool, but it is a good idea. Uh, it comes with a full screen template. The whole block system is mobile friendly. It is quite user friendly and the editor is designed to be your first choice when it comes to building websites. However, the cons at the moment, according to Delicious Themes, are that there's no markdown support. The learning curve is going to be quite high, especially for uh, brand new users. There's only partial support for Metaboxes, which we'll come to a little bit later. It doesn't support responsive columns yet, and it's not accessible as you might think. And the APIs are still uh, somewhat in development. So there we go. An interesting take on that. All right. Let's move on. This one is from the Toolset website. Now, Toolset, we've had Amir on the um, on the podcast a couple of times from Toolset, and we've had Ben Pines on from Elementor as well. And those guys have got together and they've integrated um, Toolset with Elementor so that now there is a, a Toolset view button that you can drag and drop. So a, a Toolset view widget, if you like, that you can put into your... Um, post and page designs so that you can drag in views that you've already made. So it's quite a nice way of doing things. So you'd create a view using Toolset. You'd add a new section to your Elementor page. You'd look for the views widget, the Toolset views widget, drag and drop it onto the page, choose which view you want to insert, style it with Elementor, and that's it. You know, it's quite a nice idea. This system was begun with Beaver Builder a little while back, but it never quite reached maturity, and it would it would seem that they've taken it a little bit further, and hopefully that'll carry on. If you're an Elementor user, you might be able to use uh, Views capabilities there, which is quite nice. Okay, another person that we've had on the podcast is Elliot, Elliot from ACF. Now, an awful lot of um, people have been worried, I think probably Elliot as well, because of the, the fact that a lot of his meta boxes, if you use ACF Advanced Custom Fields, a lot of the stuff that he um, puts in the WordPress UI was always under the text editor. So you could put fields in there, multiple fields for just about anything you could imagine. And in Gutenberg, it kind of felt like they were a bit of a poor relation. Well, He's come up with this really, I think, really ingenious thing called ACF Blocks. And the idea is, well, you have to go to the website because there's some code on there that you kind of need to not necessarily copy and paste, but you'd have to like look at it to figure out what it is that you needed to amend. He's given the example of a testimonial block. Uh, basically, you you group your fields into these little blocks. So let's say, for example, you've got an image and an author name, um, and you want to group those two fields into a block. You can do that with this little bit of code. And then you go into Gutenberg, 
drag that block into place and then you can edit it um, there right on the page using Gutenberg. So really fascinating. I think this is kind of the first concrete is concrete example that I've seen of, of something which makes me think, okay, if somebody can pull their finger out and make this stuff work and make it attractive, um, it, it's going to be easy for the rest of us. So, so well done, I presume, uh, Elliot, in this case. Okay, the next one is all about WP Engine. Now, I've never heard of these before, but apparently the Stevie's Awards are a bit of a thing. Apparently the Stevie's Awards are there to honour and generate public recognition of the achievements and positive contributions of organisations and working professionals worldwide, and they give out gold, silver, and bronze awards. Well, apparently WP Engine has been given an award. I think it was a silver award. No gold, silver, I don't know. They've been given an award for excellent in customer service. And also one of their executives has been given Marketing Executive of the Year, Mary Ellen Duggan or Dugan. I'm not entirely sure how you pronounce her name, but quite nice for a WordPress company to be to be featured, uh, you know, in, a, in an award ceremony, which is for businesses not just connected to WordPress. Okay, the next one is really just, if you're like me and you're constantly on the lookout for new ways to develop things, this is quite a nice one. We've all come across a whole host of ways to develop locally with WordPress, but this little article, which is on the WP Lift website, gives us five ways that you can install WordPress locally. You may be used to developing on your hosting environment and then just keeping everything live, but it's possibly a good idea to do it locally. That means that if your internet dies or you're in a cafe somewhere with no connection, you can do it all live and then push it live once it's all finished. It has certain benefits in that the client can't see everything all the time and query what's going on. Um, and they list out five examples, for example, Zamp, Wamp, Mamp, um, which you may have heard of before, Local by Flywheel, which is what I'm currently using, Desktop Server, um, Docker, you have to read that one because I've never used Docker, and finally Ubuntu Linux, which again might be a, an interesting way for you to do it. But if you've never developed locally before, certainly worth looking at. Okay, the next one comes from the Bob WP website. Uh, again, somebody that's been on the podcast, Bob Don. And he goes on to say, well, he's really talking about Vimeo videos being on AMP. Now, AMP is a Google initiative called Accelerated Mobile Pages. And the idea is it pages serves pages up lightning fast, almost in an instant. But apparently, if you use Vimeo embedded videos and set the privacy settings, because on Vimeo, you can set it so that only specific domains will be allowed to serve these videos. So for example, if you own wpbuilds.com, you could allow it so that it only shows on wpbuilds.com, but nowhere else. Well, this causes a problem for AMP videos. Uh, because you simply have to go in and type in ampproject.org as another allowed website. It would appear that there's something going on, a DNS level, no doubt, uh, where AMP videos actually come through ampproject.org. So if you've got Vimeo videos and you're separating them out so that they're private, this may be something that you really, really ought to look at. Otherwise, basically, the video is utterly unplayable and you probably wouldn't know anything about it. Okay, we're done for uh, WordPress websites. The next one, well, the next four are all about, you know, just normal internet-y things. This is a fascinating article I read. It's in the, the UK paper, The Guardian, and it's about why YouTubers are feeling burned out. Now, before you get out your little um, tiny violins and start to make noises with them, 
I think this is really interesting. You know, obviously, I'm a bit of a content creator, and and I, so I have some sort of sympathy with them. They're dealing in kind of figures and numbers and page views that I, I can I really can't relate to. But you, anyway, the the idea is that they're just on this constant cycle of churning out content, and they increasingly the Google YouTube algorithms seem to favor those who just push out content all the time. And I think at some point your creative juices just dry up and, and they're feeling this a little bit. Anyway, if that kind of speaks to you. Uh, go check it out. It certainly was quite interesting for me uh, to read it. Okay, the next one is, um, on. although it's not necessarily to do with WordPress, it is on the WordFence website, and it's entitled Known WordPress Threat Actor Under Investigation for Prescription-Free Online Pharmacy. Now, last September, um, WordFence published three articles, all in the space of about a week, which pointed the finger at a chap called Mason Souza, S-O-I-Z-A, and the fact that he'd acquired loads of WordPress plugins and then had basically filled them up with SEO junk code so that you were, um, how to describe it, you were putting fake content onto your website without knowing it by using many of the plugins that he'd acquired. Well, it seems that he's taken matters a little bit further now and has set up a website uh, which is allowing people to buy online pharmacies with the tiniest amount of due diligence and process and uh, yeah anyway if if following up on articles that uh, wordpress has been involved in in the past is your thing this could be one to watch um right almost there two to go this next one is on the codastory.com website. Now, the, it's a very, very, very long piece, and the technical details are a bit strange, and I won't be able to go into them. But essentially, it would appear that over the last year or so, the Russian government have been very keen to shut down Telegram. Telegram is an app that you can install. Maybe it's web website available as well. I don't know. But you can put it on your iPhone or your Android device, and it offers some level of secrecy and privacy and encrypted communication and the Russians decided that it would be a good idea if this were um, not possible anymore so they reached out to Telegram who blatantly refused to acknowledge this request and the story is quite technical but in the process of trying therefore to shut down Telegram they basically crippled their entire internet and thousands of um, websites and Google properties went down and it was a bit of an own goal by all accounts. So again, if that kind of internet crypto stuff floats your boat, go check that out. And finally, now you're not dreaming this one. This is on the WP Tavern website, which is normally WordPress related, but this one isn't. It's just to say that Gutenberg has been ported to Drupal. <laughs> Drupal, the, the other CMS, which is incredibly popular throughout the world, not quite as popular as WordPress, but very, very popular indeed. Um, there's been a port of Gutenberg over to uh, Drupal 8, which I think is really fascinating. I hope this takes off because I think it would be a good idea if we could all contribute back and people from the, the uh, Drupal community are every bit as keen to commit and make the world a better place with their uh, approach to code editing and, and feeding back to the community. So, yeah, fascinating. Um, go and check it out. And if you're a Drupal user, go and check that out as well. Right, thanks for listening to the WP Builds newsletter. I hope you have a lovely, lovely week.